huddled together. He upholds the universe by the power of his word. Why doesn't this world just melt away? Because Jesus is holding it together. So since Jesus created you and since Jesus is literally holding you together. Don't you think that he's strong enough to help you in the struggles and challenges of your life? But he's not just the creator of all things and he's not just the sustainer of all things. But as the creator of all things, they were created to give him glory. All things were created for him. The purpose of creation is to magnify Jesus. All created things exist to point to their creator. Why do you exist? I have the answer. What's your purpose? I have the answer. To give glory to Jesus Christ. The creator has made us and has written an owner's manual to guide us. But most of all, he had come to save us. As we continue our journey throughout the book of Colossians through this great theology of Christ detailed for us, we come now to part three of our sermon. Who do you say that I am? Today, the passage shifts from Jesus and what he was before he became the incarnate son of Christ to who he is and what he did as the incarnate son of Christ. If you think about it, in the most likely move ever in history, God sought us. God was proactive for us. He sent his son who was at his side to come as the incarnate God. John 1, 1 and 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even Death on a cross. You see, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. The eternal word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was with the father, was made manifest to us. He who was God, very God, in humility, came to us to be with us, to save us. The incarnation of Jesus is a precious doctrine. How special are we? How loved are we so much so that God, the son, would leave heaven. Humble himself for us. Do you know what? In exactly seven weeks, seven weeks from today, we are going to have a great celebration. Remembering the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We call it Christmas. Now, Christmas, we often think of as the birth of Jesus Christ. But I think really, if we dug a little bit deeper, 
what we're really celebrating is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. What we're really celebrating is that God, very God, came to be found in human likeness, to be born, to live a perfect life, to die that cruel death on the cross, to give us life. Well, today as we come to our passage, we're going to see Jesus, our incarnate Lord, as the head of the church. So please turn in your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1. And follow along as I read verses 15 through 20. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Jesus is the head of the church. Remember that first great line from that great hymn? The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. You see, there is no church without Jesus and a church without Jesus isn't a church. Because Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is sovereign over all creation. And he's also sovereign over his church, his new creation. The word head here has several meanings. While scholars debate back and forth whether it should be understood as origin or source or authority or ruler, both are certainly true of Jesus in relationship to his church. Jesus began his church. He is the source of its life and vitality. Jesus is also the ruler over his church. The church takes its direction from Jesus and is under his authority. Jesus is the beginning of the church, his body, and he's the leader of the church. The church had its origin in him and the church has its operation in him. All of creation has a purpose to glorify Jesus, all of his new creation, the church has a purpose to glorify Jesus. He started it and he rules it. He's the head of the church. But the use of that word head doesn't just point to to his position as source or authority. It also is further used to illustrate that he's the head of a body. The church is illustrated as a body Several times throughout the Bible, Ephesians 1, 22 through 23, it says, And God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 4, 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, which belongs to your call. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. This is the truth of the church as a body, Christ as its head. This truth has always brought this strange picture to mind. 
We, you know, you go to a fair or go to some other kind of attraction and they have those big life-size cutouts with a hole where your head is supposed to be. Then you go behind the cutout and you stick your head through the hole and someone takes a picture of you. Now, my favorite one of those things is at Schmidt Sausage House in Columbus. They have this great cutout with a girl there in her dirndl dress and the guy in his later hosen. One of my favorite pictures of my mom is her sticking her head out through that hole wearing that dress of that dirndl. I know it's kind of a silly, crude illustration, but it's a picture that comes to mind. You see, Jesus is the head of the church, and the picture, the cutout of the body, that's us, his church. Because, you see, Jesus is the head of the church in a much more complete way than just as someone is the head of a business or a company. Because Jesus and the church is so much more than an organization. We're an organism. The church is alive. As the living Christ, he is the head of the living church. They're inseparably tied together. Jesus as the head, controls every part of the body, giving it life and direction. The 137-mile-long Atchafalaya River is a distributary of the Mississippi River. It meanders through south-central Louisiana and empties into the Gulf of Mexico, serving as a significant source for income for the region because of the many industries and commercial opportunities that it offers. Yet as scenic and productive and enriching as the river is, it owes all of its strength, all of it, to the mighty Mississippi. That's because it's a distributary. It, it doesn't have its own direct source of water. It is the overflow of something else. So when the Mississippi is high, the Atchafalaya is high. When the Mississippi is low, the Atchafalaya is low. What the Atchafalaya accomplishes depends wholly, completely on something other than itself. See, the church is a lot like the Atchafalaya River. Anything of value that we accomplish is always because we are tied to the source. It's only because of the source. And if somehow the church loses its connection with the source, with the first love, the Living word of God. It loses all power. The church just dries up and empties. Because Jesus is the head of his body, the church. Only with him, only through him, only for him, only because of him can his church, his body, accomplish anything for his glory. Jesus is the head, the source of his church. In two very specific ways. He's the head of the universal church. Remember there in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen it says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. All were made to drink of the one spirit. One of the greatest things that happens to all believers at the moment of their salvation is that they are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, the church. We are united forever by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, the universal church. 
The body of Christ, the universal church, is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ from that very first moment and that very first day on the day of Pentecost to that very last second in the rapture of the church. All true believers in Christ are part of the body of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. You, me, we are the church. Believers are the body, the church. Now, if you've ever heard someone say, I don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. Folks, that is a spiritually illogical statement to make. That is a spiritually, factually illogical statement to make. You can't be a follower of Christ without being part of his body because at the moment of our salvation, we are placed into the body of Christ, his church, by the Holy Spirit. The church is that integral. The church is that essential to who we are in Christ. Being connected to other believers as the body of Christ is one of the very immediate works of God that he does at the very moment of our salvation. That's how important. That's how valuable church is. That's how necessary. That's how essential church is. You can't be a follower of Christ without also being a part of his body the church, the universal church. And Jesus is the head of his church, the body. And all true believers are not only part of that body, but it is our joy to follow our ruler. It is our privilege, the great privilege of our lives, to be part of his body. One of the most significant ways that every Christian should be following Christ is by being an active part in the body of Christ. Now, here's another spiritual reality for all Christians. Since all followers of Christ are part of the universal church, we should, we must all be part of a local church. Why? Because a local church is the visible expression of the universal church. Do you get that? If you take a notes, that's the line. The local church is the visible expression of the universal church. See, God's plan wasn't for us just to be connected to Jesus through the universal church. And that is obviously taught throughout the Bible because the vast majority of the uses of the word for church in the New Testament is used to describe a local church. See, to be part of one is by necessity To be part of the other. The two go hand in hand. There are no Christians in the New Testament who are not part of a local church. There was never a thought that you could be part of the universal church and not be part of a local church. The question never occurs in the Bible because it is spiritually illogical. Why doesn't the New Testament talk about church membership? Because it's assumed Since you're a true follower of Christ, and so you've been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit at your conversion, that you will live out your faith in community. You will live out your faith in connection. You will live out your faith through a local expression of the body of Christ called church. Think about this with me. Basically, the whole New Testament from Acts through the beginning of the book of Revelation is all about God's plan being worked out through local churches. Have you ever seen that before? The books are either written directly to local churches 
or to pastors of local churches or specifically to teach local churches. There is no such thing in the New Testament as a good follower of Christ that is not also an active participant in a local expression of a body of Christ. Folks, our American individualism, our pull yourself up by your own bootstraps mentality has eroded from us this amazingly wonderful central truth about our Jesus, our Savior. Jesus is the head of his body, the church. To know Jesus better, to worship Jesus deeper. For Jesus to express his leadership, his headship in your life, the Bible makes it clear, you must be an active part in a local expression of the body of Christ. There are no other options given in the New Testament. We're not here today at church because, you know, hey, it's kind of a good idea for Christians to get together every now and then. You know, we're here today at church because this was God's plan. This is God's design. This is what he wants for us. We're here because we love Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of us. <coughs> and the Holy Spirit has connected us to our Savior. Going to church is not an option for believers. You cannot be a good follower of Christ and not go to church. The Bible doesn't give us that option because Jesus is the head of his church. God commands it in Hebrews 10.25. So many other biblical commands and principles in the Bible can only be, can only be obeyed in the context of a local church. And the Bible illustrates over and over again the necessity of connecting the believer with other believers. The question in the New Testament is never, can I be a good Christian and not go to church? The question in the New Testament is never, should I be a part of a local church? Rather, the question always is, how am I supposed to live and serve God as part of a local church? And that only makes logical sense, right? Just think through this. It only makes sense that that's how the Bible would present itself because it presents Jesus as the head of the church, as his body. Because church, so often we make it about so many things. But church is about one thing. One who. Jesus. See, do you get it? Since Jesus is the head of his church, he wants us under his leadership in his church. So let's ask the question. How are you doing following Jesus in his body, the church? So you see in your bulletin there that I've listed several ways of, of applying uh, that question. First, are you a member of a local church? Perhaps today you need to step up and acknowledge that membership is an important part of expressing your allegiance to Christ as being part of his local church. Membership is a vital way of living out your commitment to being an active participant in a local expression of the body of Christ. And it just so happens that if you're interested in becoming a member of this local church, there are forms in the foyer that you can grab and fill out and you can come talk to me. God has blessed our church with many faithful members. Are you one of them? 
Have you ever been baptized? One of the two ordinances of a local church is communion, which we're going to celebrate later here this morning. The other is baptism. Jesus commanded the church to celebrate communion as a remembrance of him until he returns. And to baptize believers, showing outwardly to all what has happened inwardly in their hearts. Believers' baptism is not an option. It's an act of obedience. If you've never been baptized as a believer, please come talk to me about it. We are planning on having a baptism service this December, probably on the 18th. It's going to be a very busy Sunday celebrating Christmas and our service. But there's no greater celebration in church than baptism. I already have one person who's talked to me and is interested. And if you're interested in following the Lord in obedience through believer's baptism, please see me. And it also just so happens that there are forms in the foyer that you could pick up if you're interested in baptism. Now, parents, perhaps this is an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for you to share with your children the gospel, confirming with them their salvation, and then encouraging them to consider baptism. Perhaps the application for you today in this question is, are you a connected, committed attender? Perhaps today you need to step up and move up your attendance average. Turn your attitude about church around in your life and Stop coming because you feel like you have to and start coming because you want to. Because you want to worship Jesus and grow in grace and truth. You miss a lot less church if you go because Jesus, the head of the church, is drawing you there. And since church is us, when you're not here, it affects all of us. Maybe you're a consistent Sunday morning worship service attender. So maybe for you this challenge might be to consider Sunday school. Or to consider serving uh, in Sunday evenings. God is doing great things in our church in those times as well. God has blessed our church with many faithful attenders. Are you one of them? Next application. Are you a connected, committed giver? Perhaps today you need to evaluate your giving. Perhaps today you need to increase your giving. God has designed that the financial sustenance of his expression of his body and his local church is to be through the generous giving of its members. When you evaluate your finances, does it show that you believe Jesus is the head of his church? Think about this. When you give to the church, you're giving to further Christ's mission and vision. That's why we so meticulously guard each dollar that is given so it can be used to its fullest potential for Christ. Because giving to the church is not just an obligation. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to put your money where your heart is in furthering the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. God has blessed our church with many faithful givers. Are you one of them? Another application is, are you a connected, committed servant? One of the very foundational purposes that that Jesus, the head of the church, designed the church for is to serve one another. 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 and Philippians 4 and 1 Peter 4 all mention that believers are given spiritual gifts to be used within the church. Jesus, the head of the church, has equipped his church in amazing, even supernatural ways. And you... As part of the body of Christ, have an important part of that. 
Each one of us. From serving gifts to leading gifts, from helping gifts to administration gifts. Each one of us have both the privilege and the responsibility to use what God has given to us to serve each other. And it just so happens there's any number of ways to serve right here at Poland Village Baptist Church. We need nursery workers, adult and children Sunday school teachers. We need people to help with the cleaning. We need people to help taking down chairs and setting up chairs. We need a leader to help organize our rescue mission ministries. We need more servants in our music ministries. We need people to help out in leading children's church, word of life. We need servants to help us focus, to keep pushing us outside with outreach, reaching our community for Jesus Christ. We need fun people. We need serious people. We need retired people. We need families and couples. We need prayer warriors and smiling greeters. We need totally new things that you love to do, that God has equipped you to do, that we haven't even thought about doing yet. We need that. The list could go on and on and on. The point is, That the way Jesus designed his church as head of the church to run is that we need each other. That's his plan for his body. Think about it and pray about it. If you're interested in serving at Poland Village Baptist Church, if God is challenging you right now to use those gifts that he has given to you, come see me or see Julie or see Pastor Rob, see another ministry leader. God has blessed our church with many faithful, hardworking servants. Are you one of them? A fully mobilized church on mission for God is a tool in the hand of God that can literally change the world. My last thought of application is, are you a connected, committed receiver? We don't always mention this, but it's one of the greatest things about church. See, church is not just some place you go to learn, to give, And to serve, but it's also someplace you go to receive. To receive the encouragement that your soul craves. To receive the hope that your heart needs. To receive financial help in tough times. To receive a shoulder to cry on. A hand to lift you up. A word of advice when you lack wisdom. A truck and some big friends to help you move. A meal when you're sick. A friend to come alongside of you to break your loneliness. A mentor to help guide your children. A perspective change that helps you to see life and God in a new way. If you're broken, so are we. We welcome you. If you are burdened, we welcome you. We'll come alongside of you. If you're lonely, we'll befriend you. If you're hopeless, we will share with you our hope. If you're confused, we'll counsel you. If you're sad, we'll cry with you. If you're happy, we'll cheer with you. If you're imperfect, please come, because we are so wonderfully imperfect. We are the most imperfect church you're ever going to find. You know why? Because it is the passion of our church to be a real church. To be honest with each other. 
to share our burdens. We trip and fall. We all do. We have children that go their own way and not God's way. We have broken hearts. We have great joys and celebrations. We're a real church that carries a genuine expression of the body of Christ here to glorify Jesus Christ by receiving from one another what God has given to us. At Poland Village Baptist Church, we want you to receive all that Jesus has designed the church to receive. So please come. Come and be a member. Come and be a giver. Come and be a servant. And come and be a receiver. Now the point of this application is not just to get more committed, connected people in the church. It's really not the point. See, the point of this application is not to make you feel guilty but to try to help you see that as the church, you, the church, how awesome is it, this opportunity that you have before you to be connected to Jesus. His church. He's the head, the leader, the body, you. See, the point of this this application is to get us more connected because we love Jesus. Because it's about him. It's all for him. He's the one who is magnified. He's the one we give to when we drop our offering and offering plate. It's a worship to him. He's the one we serve when we're holding babies in the nurseries, when we're running children down out in the, you know, keeping them from getting on the parking lot. When we're keeping the teens, you know, from exploding in a million pieces. When we're holding the hand of an elderly person and praying with them. See, when we're serving each other, we do that because we're serving him. It's all about Jesus. We want him to be magnified. We want him to be glorified. Without him, church is meaningless. With him, church is the very expression of who he is. Without him, church is empty. With him, church is full of his plan, his purposes, his service, his worship. See, church isn't just something we go to. It's something that we are. And as we live out who we are in Christ, as we live out what it means to be the church, Jesus, the head of the church, the origin and its source, the ruler and authority of the church, he is glorified. Why take the next step in your commitment to church? To glorify Jesus Christ. That's why we do that. Why take the next step in your commitment to the local expression of the universal church? To express your love to Jesus Christ as your head, as your ruler. To experience his plan being worked out in your life. It's awesome. I have the greatest privilege. I, just, I can't imagine. I have the greatest privilege. I get to do this for a living. You all actually pay me. Think about that. This is the best gig ever. I get to work in the church, God's plan for all of humanity. I get to dedicate my life to this. It's the best thing ever. 
If you can taste that and touch that, connect that to Jesus, church becomes such an expression of joy because it's all about him. A conductor was rehearsing his great orchestra. The organ's rolling, giving beautiful melodies. The drums are thundering. The trumpets are blaring. The violins were singing beautifully. Suddenly, something seemed wrong. Someone in the orchestra had thought, well, with all this going on, I can just rest. The conductor threw up his arms and said, where's the piccolo? The piccolo player said, I'm obscure. I don't amount to much. With all this going on, I don't have to keep playing. But the one with the trained ear said, everyone is necessary. See, you, me, us, we are the body of Christ. All of us and each of us. And our heavenly conductor says, every one of us is necessary. Let's pray. Father, as we've going through this amazing passage that you inspired through your servant, Paul. As we come to this, Jesus is the head of his body, the church. May we understand that more fully. May we embrace that as the church. That Jesus wants us to connect with him through his body, the church. We thank you so much for church. It, it literally sustains us in so many ways. You use church to radically change the world. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.